Now let's get to some of the sectors to watch, sectors to pick. Timothy Chubb is with us, CIO at Girard Division of Univest Wealth. Timothy, thanks for being here. So what are you thinking here about the markets? Are you feeling like a bottom is in, or we're going to kick the can here, or maybe there's some upside at the end of the year? Yeah, I think this is, um, it seems to be a consensus you know, story here, but I think this is likely a bear market rally. A lot of short covering taking place as CTAs unwind here. Um, ultimately, I think we still have a lot of, you know, further to go, or at least to retest the lows here a little bit, as we'll likely see a lot of downward revisions here in earnings season, as your prior guest had mentioned. Um, ultimately, I think we need to get some more further clarity as to for, you know, how quickly the Fed may be looking to pivot, uh, as we see, you know, some of this inflation data potentially roll over here in the coming months. And until then, you know, especially with the midterm election, I think we'll continue to see some volatility as the summer plays out. I see. Okay, so that being said, with some caution um, at this point, the sectors that you're picking, are they for this type of environment, aerospace and defense, for example? How does this fit into the big picture? Yeah, I think a lot of investors, you know, during, during an environment like this, as the prior guest was mentioning, you know, often are looking for some of those safety sectors or safety investments on the equity side of the portfolio. Um, some of the classic recession, you know, resistant uh, sectors like consumer staples or utilities. But ultimately, you know, a lot of these companies um, in some of the more of the cyclical sectors like industrials, for example, have some really wonderful subscription businesses that often have some of the same safety characteristics with more sustainable growth, uh, fewer competitors, better pricing power environment like this. So um, you just mentioned the dating services. That's certainly an area that we like right now um, for the same reasons why the JP Morgan analysts have upgraded Bumble. But um, we were personally and, and personally invested in and recommend to clients right now, Match Group uh, at the moment, but uh, really driven by you know, just what the demand has been for their apps, um, not just here in the United States, but more broadly compared to Bumble. Uh, but as we look at some other sectors, you know, we really like the waste management space, uh, looking at some of those environmental services companies, although they have the pressure from labor and fuel, um, it's been something that they've been very uh, successful in offsetting thus far through some of those fuel surcharges um, and, and just, you know, due to the significant demand that there is, you know, uh, regardless of the economic environment for uh, trash and recycling. And so, you know, that's an area that we think is pretty attractive right now. But uh, getting back to what you mentioned as far as the aerospace and defense side of things, you know, a lot of people don't think, you know, too much about uh, industrials and environment like this where we're seeing economic growth accelerate. Uh, but if you look at the uh, aftermarket space, in particular, we think there's a lot of pricing power there. And if you look at these um, from historically in the last couple of years, we really haven't seen um, you know, travel nearly pick up as much as it, you know, we would expect it to, especially internationally, uh, especially given where China is at currently. Uh, but global flights were still up 20% year over year. Uh, and these airplanes, you know, they, they wear, there's you know, wear and tear to them. There's um, seat belts that need replacing, there's hinges that need replacing. There's only so many companies that uh, these airlines can go to for these replacement parts. And therefore they have a lot of pricing pressure as well as a pretty significant demand as they've recently commented um, throughout you know, prior earnings uh, releases. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so with aerospace and defense, industrials, waste management companies, as you noted, um, healthcare tool companies. So it's not healthcare companies, healthcare tool companies. What does that mean? 
Yeah, we like the tool and diagnostic space, you know, really because they benefit from a lot of um, different end markets from, you know, the research and R&D side of things to uh, what they call contract recourse um, organization management as well. And so ultimately, these companies have, you know, again, quite a bit of reoccurring revenue. Uh, they've really changed the dynamic of their end markets to be much more focused on the healthcare uh, as well as semiconductor side of things in, in recent years. So, you know, a lot less exposure to some of the more cyclical industries, a lot more reoccurring revenue now over 80% for the name in particular that we like quite a bit, um, as well as you know some really strong outlook as it relates to uh, just the R&D space in general. And so it's sort of a think of it as a picks and shovels approach. You know, it's the, the who made money on the way of the gold rush. Is it those looking for gold or those selling the picks and shovels? And you know, as you look at the healthcare as an attractive sector, I think broadly right now, given the economic uncertainty, um, some of the companies we like are those that are maybe perceived as a bit more cyclical uh, within the space on the life, uh, life sciences, you know, tools and diagnostic space that are really aren't cyclical anymore, you know, given this reoccurring revenue and given this more di diverse and broad you know, customer base. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Understood at that point. So, and you talked about, you know, a great deal of recurring revenue from this group too. So that being said about the international picture, I mean, does it fit in because what we're seeing in, in China, what we're seeing in Europe, and um, you are seeing coordinated effort by the central banks, but there's different things happening. I mean, in China, we have on and off closures because of COVID. In Europe, obviously, so much worries about oil and, yeah. um, you know, facing recession. We have slower growth in both. Um, what's the big picture here? How are we intertwined here? And why does it matter for U.S. investors? <laughs> Yeah, I think big picture, you know, for, for us, you know, we're always going to be allocating, you know, to, to global in some capacity. Uh, we're currently underweight non-US uh, at the moment, but have an equal weight to emerging markets due to the uh, rebound that you mentioned in China with some of the stimulus measures. But there's a lot of uncertainty still within the real estate market there. We're sort of seeing a resurgence of those issues, you know, come back. And so um, given the recession, you know, risk in Europe and, and given uh, a less resilient economy, you know, when we go through these economic cycles in the last, you know, 10, 15 years or so, you know, we've seen Europe really struggle to snap back as quickly as the United States. And so um, given that view, you know, we also, you know, as uh, mid and large cap you know, U.S. equity investors are very sensitive to what's happening in the dollar right now. Uh, you know, the prior guests really liked, you know, big cap tech. And I think you have to be really discerning in that area right now, just given the international exposure, given the headwinds from, you know, FX per st uh, standpoint. And so I think going down market cap, taking things a little bit more domestic as you know, a lot of the sectors or uh, industry groups I just mentioned, you know, are a little bit more exposed to the U.S. economy and are not going to have that FX headwind. Um, that's really where we're focusing a lot of our time and energy right now. Down market cap, less U.S., um, less non-U.S. dollar, uh, excuse me, um, less you know, headwind from the U.S. dollar from FX exposure standpoint. Um, and, and you know, again, with a bit of a, an underweight towards international um, and a wait and see approach there as we you know, go through the next couple of months. Right, right. And as you talked about the consumer and international business travel, you talked about that, you know, recovering in the future. But um, we've not really seen too much of a slowdown in people trying to travel, right? They want to get on the planes. They want to take a trip to Europe, especially as we have a strong dollar right now. So it yep. behooves them to do that. Cruise lines, you have the casinos reopening in Macau. Um, what's your thoughts on either some of the travel and leisure type companies and or the consumer? 
Yeah, I think you want to be um, really discerning. You don't want to pick, you know, um, I think some of the companies are going to be a little bit more, uh, you know, in particular with the airlines overall. You know, that's why we really like some of the picks and shovels approach, you know, with the aftermarket um, products there. Ultimately, the U.S. consumer is in strong shape. They really don't like inflation. We've seen and talked, you know, quite a bit about the, um, uh, you know, the, the survey data with, you know, um, inflation expectations, but also just general um, optimism around, um, you know, how they're, Current you know economic situation looks, and so I think the U.S. consumers can be pulling back. If you look at bottom quartile earners, we definitely have seen spending uh, decline now year over year, uh, excluding food and energy. And so you know I'm really not bullish on the cruise lines in particular. You know I wouldn't be surprised if we really see some significant hardship there as these companies are really levered up and may have to you know look at some um, dilution. You know to ultimately raise some some capital here in a difficult environment. But uh, I'm sorry, what I sell now. If you had those, would you sell them now? I mean, they've had a recent, um, you know, move higher. They're up in the months to date, up about 25%. Yeah. Are you suggesting people maybe, you know, sell a little? Um, I think you have to be very careful with which names that you own in that space. I'll, I'll leave it at that. Um, okay. But as far as, you know, international travel, I think that's really maybe the bright spot, you know, for some of the aerospace, you know, aftermarket products. Uh, because travel still has been up 20% year over year without the uh, business travel and you know travel overseas really pick up to the levels that we saw pre-COVID. Uh, just still sees the growth that we have, still see these companies trading at free cash flow yields in excess of 4%, uh, really gives us you know, a lot of comfort and hanging out here in the next couple of months or, or even longer. Um, some of these businesses that we would consider a compounder for the long term. Understood. Timothy Chubb, nice to see you, CIO at Girard Division of Nice Well, thanks, Timothy.